Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Hey, welcome to the podcast. Father John, Joe, Francis Doman. What's your middle name? Oh my gosh, it's not Francis. <laughs> it's not Francis? What is your middle name? My middle name is Daniel. Daniel. Joseph. Danny. Dan- Joseph Danny. Joseph Danny. Named after... Doman. No, I'm not named after. My nephew is named after me, who is Daniel Joseph. Daniel Joseph. Danny well, the Manny. Well, this is uh, Catholic stuff you should know. Someday Daniel Joseph can be listening to this and be like, man, that is so old school. That is. Remember when Uncle Joe used to have that thing called a podcast? Remember when people used to listen to podcasts? Can't believe people actually listen to Uncle Joe. I know. Seriously. That's what they're gonna, he's going to be thinking. He's going to listen to this and be like, what were they thinking? So, But here we are in Boulder, Colorado, finals yeah. week in the University of Colorado and at St. John Vianney Seminary. Finals week for me, not for you. Canon Law final. How'd that go? Let's not talk about that final. It was great. That's why you're being you're being falsely humble. John, we, we haven't podcasted in a while together. I know. And like you know months. what? I'm just enjoying finals week. This is the first time I have not taken finals in, do you know how many years? Uh, one year. Uh, Half yes, a year? Yes. But the last time before this week, I was four years old, assuming I had a final in kindergarten, which I think I did. I think we had a cutting final. You had to cut along the lines, and it was extremely difficult. I It sounds really hard, especially yeah. for a four-year-old John Nepple. I know. So uh, I imagine that you probably last, lost uh, your attention halfway through and started cutting people, probably. <laughs> so 24 probably years of finals. I'll Here tell you the are. best part about finals week yes. is the study days. Yeah, ski days, you mean. Yes, actually, that's exactly what I mean, because... During finals week, last year, if you recall, since you were in the seminary with me, we had maybe like a finals day and then a ski day. I mean, a study day and right. a finals day and a study day. Right. And uh, it was nice and interspersed throughout. This year, it's all finals days except for one study slash ski day. Ah, uh, yes. And so that is tomorrow for me, and I am going skiing with my pastor, Father Greg Ames, and his broker vicar, Father Brian Larkin. Very really nice. About Neither that. of which will ever listen to this podcast. So I can say what we can say whatever we want about. Maybe it. Father Greg, but definitely not Larkin because he's our friend. That's so, true. So my friend, happy feast of Saint Lucy. Why? Thank you. You Today Swedish. Is the feast. Uh, I'm not Swedish, but the Tilquist girls are the girls up the street. Oh, they're well, Swedish. Are they listening? Uh, definitely not. They're uh, not Catholic. I wonder who listens to these. Leslie, Maggie, and Tori. They they're not listening. But they were the they used to bring us Lucia buns and, and Swedish coffee. I don't know what Swedish coffee is. It's probably just regular coffee on the feast of Saint Lucy. Do you know that? I think it's Time Magazine or maybe Newsweek or some other popular magazine said that Sweden rated to be like the number one country in the world. Based on all these different categories of ratings. Yeah, that uh, that sounds like it's based on nothing to me. I don't know what it's yeah. based on, but they socialized. some people are really excited about what's happening. If you're in really into right socialized now. healthcare, then that's the place to be, I guess. But yeah. didn't somebody? Uh, maybe I'm making this up, but I feel like maybe von Balthasar or somebody said that the next great saint would come from Sweden. No. <laughs> Balthasar's from Switzerland, not Sweden. I'm not saying he said, said that somebody. because he's from Sw- Sweden. I'm saying that. He, may, he he said that or somebody else said that. Some people are really excited about Sweden. So Some I think people. we should make a big deal out of St. Lucie's Feast. Now, hold on That's a second. Now, there are people driving to work right now listening to this saying, I want content. I want to learn something about my faith today. We've talked about nothing thus far. And we agreed on Saturday. And it's probably. We were not going to. Hold on. That we were not going to do like 37 minute podcasts like you and Musset did a couple <laughs> weeks ago, right? It's true. So we got we to get that. to the topic. We do. I hope you're talking about like Christmas or Advent because that's when this is getting published. I think this is getting published on Christmas Day. So what do you going to say about Christmas? Merry Christmas. This <laughs> Has nothing I'm not to, saying. I don't really, this has I really not, don't well, actually, okay. True. So, if you have a priest under the age of forty who's saying your Christmas Day Mass today, and you're listening to this podcast, he's probably saying Eucharistic Prayer One. 
which is the long one, right? That's right. With all the names, right? And, and it's like, wow, is this Oria? And then it's like, <laughs> then he starts the words of consecration. So and that's the one we're talking let about. Let me tell you something funny. And this is this is Father John being honest here. Just, you know, He's unplugged. a priest. He knows. I used to hate it when priests would say Eucharist prayer one. Because at the seminary, they'd say it all the time in the daily mass. Now I do it all the time. Really? I love it. I personally am a big fan of Eucharist prayer one. It's gorgeous. It's longer, though. It's the one where they go through this long list of saints' names, but it's actually beautiful. And what we want to do today is give you a quick. <laughs> what did you say? Ten seconds. That was um, that was like that was words <laughs> interspersed with burpings and hiccups. I think. Can you repeat I, that sentence? I, I just hiccuped. No burping. Just hiccuped while I spoke. I want to give you a quick fifteen seconds on each of the saints in it. So when you hear these names, Cosmos and Damien, Agatha, Lucy, Joseph, Daniel, Joseph, Danny. <laughs> I don't think that's one of them. No, that's not one of them. What are you drinking there? Yeah, it'd be Maker's Mark. That would be the uh, Drink of Catholic Stuff podcast. That's right, sponsored by Maker's sponsored Mark. Sponsored by Kentucky Whiskey. Our it's favorite. actually not true. So, getting to the topic at hand, the Roman Canon. The Roman Canon, which is the old name. Well, I guess it's still the same name. But this was, correct me if I'm wrong. This was the only Eucharistic prayer. Now we have all these options, mm-hmm. but. Before Vatican II and the changes right. of the Novus Ordo and everything, right. this was the only Eucharistic right. prayer. Until 1970 with the liturgical reforms, this was the liturgical – this was it. This is this it. This is what you got every time. So when you get upset when Father John is saying Roman Canon, a Eucharistic prayer one of four, uh, and it's the long one, well, that's what everybody got before 1970, all the way back to the 6th century. That's Saint right. St. Gregory the Great, who was the great liturgical uh, – Wait, that's not true. All the way back to the 6th century? Or 7th century. Well, I mean, I'm not saying it didn't start then, but not everybody got that. Okay, not everybody, but most everybody. In Father Latin, John's making stuff up for the record. If you haven't I'm learned that about this one. podcast yet, everything's just kind of off the cuff. Wikipedia maybe is our greatest source. No, just joking. So, yeah, we're not talking about the history of the Roman canon. We're talking about the saints today. Oh, cool. I'm trying to stay focused on a topic. And, and you're doing like, a great no, job. No, I'm not. You're distracting me. Should we go to emails? Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that was uh, enough e- emails, phone calls, Catholic stuff, podcast. No, I'm going to read from you the Roman Canon. All right. You're already bored. You're like my parishioners. These college, I work with college kids and they just like, just zone out completely. Can we talk about your homily today? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Real quick. We got to talk about my homily. It was the worst homily I've ever given. I, um, Joe Doman, my friend here, Joseph Danny, That's walks me. into my rectory 10 minutes before mass and he's eating Thin Mint cookies. And I was like, oh, I love Thin Mints. Give me one of those cookies. And he's like, no. And I was like, give me one. So I threw him to the ground. I took his Thin Mint. Well, I, I knew he it. had mass right away. So I'm like, he's going to break his dispensation. I can't give him a Thin Mint. Right. But I was like, give me a Thin Mint. I was consumed with my appetites. They just, just took over. I ate a Thin Mint. And then I was like, oh, no, I have mass in 10 minutes. So fortunately, my pastor, his office is across from the church. So he opens his window and blesses me, dispensing me of my Eucharistic fast as I'm walking to the 510 mass tonight. So I told this story to the kids. And they were like... <laughs> So weirded out. For the record, he didn't actually know. He he forgot that he was celebrating Mass. He was consumed by his passions for Thin Mints, actually, which is understandable in a lot of ways. Because Thin Mints are delicious. Are so and good. they were and they were in the freezer. In the freezer. That's right. Which, they were really good. Which takes it to the next level. And I didn't want to give him one just because I don't want to share Thin Mints right. in general. That's but the, the principle funny thing, the, this is the weird thing, Joe. This is the weird thing about God's providence is that I used to mess with this one Swedish priest on the Feast of St. Lucy, and we used to feed him pluckabuns, or not pluckabuns, that's that's Czech, Lucia buns, Swedish things, on the Feast of St. Lucy, Swedish coffee, and we used to give it to Father Hellstrom, and we used to break his fast all the time because we'd force him to eat this stuff at the early hours of the morning. So here I am on the Feast of St. Lucy breaking my fast. It's like, God, what are you saying? This is crazy. So 
That's just that, you know, that was my homily tonight. It didn't make any sense at all. They were like, what are you talking about? So, but my life has changed and right? I'm converted. David Toner, a moderate fan, said, I don't know what you're talking about. He said he broke his fast. He had five pieces of pepperoni pizza. And that's what most of the people who are listening right now are probably thinking. Exactly. What are you talking about? You ready for this? Let's talk about the saints. Content. Here, Here we, we go. go. In communion with those whose memory we venerate, especially the glorious ever Virgin Mary, Mother of God and our Lord Jesus Christ, and blessed Joseph, you're already bored. He's reading the canon right you're now. You're already bored. No, I'm not. I'm listening. Yes, you are. See, this is like everybody who, I when I read the Roman canon. Come on, we're doing good content. Here we go. Okay, so before the consecration, mm-hmm. there's something called the communicantes, right? In communion. That's the Latin word for those who are in communion with. We venerate and we go through this list. And here's the first list. Mary, Joseph, blessed apostles and martyrs, and then we name them. Peter and Paul, Andrew, James, John, Thomas, James, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Simon, and Jude. And then it's guys you don't know. Linus, Cletus, Clement, Sixtus, Cornelius, Cyprian, Lawrence, Chrysogonus, John and Paul, Cosmas and Damian, and all the saints. And then we go into the consecration. They sound like great guys. Now listen, only with Eucharistic Prayer 1 do we go through this. And that's just the first half, and then it's the second half. Usually what you hear at every single Mass is Eucharistic Prayer 2, the short one. Which starts like this. Holy, 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 blah, blah, blah. Lord, you're holy indeed the fountain of all holiness. Let your spirit come upon these gifts. And they, bam, they right to the consecration. That's right. We go right into it. Right? Which is okay. Eucharistic prayer 2 is good. It's beautiful. We like it. But we're talking about Eucharistic prayer 1. Right. The Roman canon going back to the 6th century, even some, even though some people doubt me. I feel like we're going in circles. So, Joe, Linus, Cletus, Clement, Sixtus, Cornelius, Cyprian, Lawrence, Chrysogonus, John and Paul, Cosmos, and Damien. Are you ready? Linus. Who's Linus? Linus is the saint. Which my newest nephew, who was born like two days ago, is named after Peter Linus Doman. Um, Everything is about your family. We're trying to talk about history here. Linus was a pope. Okay. He was the first successor to Peter. Really? Yeah. He was the first pope. Pope number Linus, two. Linus, Cletus, Clement. So the first three in the Roman canon are the first three successors to Peter. Linus, Cletus, Clement. Right. Ignatius suggests that he was consecrated a bishop by St. Paul. Oh, really? Interesting. That's from Saint Ignatius Saint, of Antioch. Saint, sorry, really? Saint Irenaeus of oh. Lyons, of Lyon. Oh, you're changing your right? story. He was in Tuscany, and that's about all we know. Interesting. But he was a slave. That's the other. That's Linus. Linus was a slave. Linus was a slave. Interesting, huh? Very cool. And then Linus' successor was Saint Cletus. Cletus sounds like a yokel, right? He was the successor, uh, and that was about seventy-six eighty. He became the successor. Clement of Rome. He's kind of a big deal. We no. have some of his writings. No, no, that's that's the third successor. I'm talking about Cletus. I know. Okay. Yeah, yeah but I was thinking we're done with him. Cletus. <laughs> that's all we know. <laughs> Linus Cletus Clement. Clement. Okay, Clement we know a lot about. Yeah. Why? Because he wrote a letter to the Corinthians, I believe. That's kind of a, a big deal. The, yeah, he did. He's the author of the Epistle of the Corinthians. 780-ish. Right. Right. And uh, so we hear about him from other church fathers at this point. St. Clement, the third successor of Peter, right? Mm-hmm. Right around 88 AD, he takes the chair of Peter. Very Interesting, cool. huh? And then Sixtus. Who is Sixtus? Is he another pope? He is another early church pope mentioned in the canon of the Mass. Um, they suggest that he reigned during, uh, let's see, is 256. So we jump 200 years here, 150 years, because he was martyred under the emperor Valerian. So I want to know, why. what about all those popes in between? How come they're not in the canon? Um, I think the reason is because we jump from the martyrdom under Nero into the martyrdom under Valerian and Diocletian. Diocletian. Because the canon particularly venerates the martyrdom of the first four centuries. Oh, interesting. So in the canon, we're all we're talking about martyrs here. Almost, I think almost all of them, if not, are martyrs. 
Interesting. Let's see here. Let's continue, and then we'll come back to that. Sure. St. Cornelius, likewise a pope, reigning from the years 251 to 253, banished to Kivitakvechia by the Emperor Gallus. I don't that know who that was. That was a really, really good pronunciation. Kivichak, that'd be the classical Latin, Vecchia. I don't know. He's considered a martyr as well. Okay, so that's Cornelius, another martyr. Great Cyprian. St. Cyprian is first mentioned in the list, who is not a pope, but a bishop. Is was, Cyprian the Cyprian of Carthage? Mm-hmm. Mm, yes. Interesting. Martyr- because he was a martyr, although he, he was. like was accused of avoiding martyrdom, but eventually exactly. became a martyrdom. He was thought to have been from great wealth and education, but was martyred and beheaded in Carthage in the year 258. Yeah. So let's go, let's review this again. Linus, Cletus, Clement, Sixtus, All Cornelius, popes. Cyprian, first bishop. All martyrs. Lawrence. Lawrence. He was the guy who was flipped over. He yep. was like a martyr who said, let me, like, tell me, correct me if I'm wrong. But he was being martyred, and the emperor was like, I want all the wealth of the church. And mm-hmm. so he was like, he went up and rounded up all the poor, and he brought them to the emperor and said, hey, this is the treasure of the church, the poor is the treasure of the church. And the emperor was really ticked off. Mm-hmm. And so he said, you're going to die. And he fried him alive. But And Lawrence was like, he had a sense of humor or something, because when he was getting fried on his back, he said, I'm done on this side, turn me over. Right. Lawrence, he was a deacon. Deacon and martyr, one of the seven deacons of the Roman Church, martyred under the Valerian Edict. I loved I loved Lawrence. Same I mean, that's time, all I know about him. He but was I'm a deacon like, a of Sixtus. Sixtus was his pope. He was ordained, or he was uh, martyred with him. Linus, Cletus, Cletus Clement, Clement, Sixtus. Sixtus. So Cornelius. Sixtus was the one in the third century, 200s. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. You got it. Very good. Chrysogonus. Chrysogonus. Now, I challenge uh, Alicia and this. Mike Hernan to name their next child Chrysogonus. Hernan. <laughs> Sagittus Hernan. Yeah, I would that, do it, but I'm not going to have challenge. any kids. Another one uh, martyred in Aquilae uh, during the persecution of Diocletian. Okay. Sagittus means what? Golden tongue or something? Uh, I don't know. Something like that. <laughs> John and Paul, not the apostles, martyrs in the time of Julian the Apostate. Julian the Apostate was interesting. He was a half-brother of Constantine. He left, he rejected the, the Christian faith. So this is after Constantine makes it illegal, rejects it, and then persecutes. So Christians. we call him the apostate. Apostate is the one who is, is is in some ways already in the church and then leaves. Mm-hmm. So he's exactly. the apostate because he was raised Catholic and then he left the church. Exactly. And then the last in our part one, the communicantes, uh, is Cosmas and Damien. Oh, I like them. They're one of my favorites. They were doctors. Two. Yeah. They were physicians and who brothers were, who were martyred in Syria around 287 during the Diocletian persecution. A little shout out to my alma mater, Franciscan University. Their science building is Cosmos, Cosmos and, and Damien. Damien because they are doctors and in the science building they do doctorly stuff. Very cool. Like biology. Cool. Do you want to sing us a little intermission before I go to John, Stephen, Matthias, Barnabas, Ignatius, Alexander, Marcellinus, Peter, Felicity, Perpetua, Agatha, oh, Lucia, Agnes, more Sarah, Anastasia, are? and all the saints? Cool. We better get rolling. I know. What time are we at right now? Uh, 14. You got five minutes. Well, but I thought we were going to do a talk or a uh, question. Email. Okay. Here we go. John. John. Actually, let me read it from the can. I got, I'm, I'm sitting with the Roman Missal here. Let me just read it for you. Yeah, yeah. Young seminarian. Padwin. <laughs> Padwin. That's what you want to say. <laughs> okay, so this second half, this happens after the consecration. We do a, a commemoration of the dead, and then we say, To us also your servants, who those sinners, hope in your abundant mercies, Graciously grant some sh- your board. No, I'm not. Yes, <laughs> Why do you always assume I'm bored when I'm listening? <laughs> Graciously grant some share and fellowship of your holy apostles and martyrs with John the Baptist, Stephen, Matthias, Barnabas, Ignatius, Alexander, Marcellinus, Peter, Felicity, Perpetua, Agatha, Lucy, Agnes, Cecilia, Anastasia, and all your saints. Okay. 
So, first half dudes, second half ladies. Interesting. What's the difference between the, this group and the previous group we just did? The previous group is in the first part of the canon, before the prayers of consecration? So, this is what's tricky. This is what I don't really understand. And I didn't really research. It's all right. <laughs> the first half follows the communicantes, the list of saints that we just read, follows the commemoration of the living. When the priest prays Eucharistic Prayer 1, he says, Remember, Lord, your servants blank and blank. And he prays for the church. Interesting. There's something about the ancient tradition of this church, the apostles and primarily popes and bishops, Something about the foundation of the church in the orders, Peter and the apostles, right? That continues for those who are present. And then, after the consecration, we do the commemoration of the dead. Okay, check this out. Yeah. Remember also, Lord, your servants, blah and blah, those who have gone before us with the sign of faith and rest in the sleep of peace. And then we invoke the martyrs. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So there's a specific... Um, recognition of those who died for the faith in remembrance of those, the commemoration of those who we pray for who died. Does that so, make sense? That does make sense, I think. So I think what you're saying is there's a correlation between the first group and who are people who are members of the clergy, had some care of the church mm-hmm. and the prayers that we're praying there. And the second group, who are, which are prayers for the dead, are groups of people who died for the faith. Exactly. Okay. So we pray, we invoke the apostles and the successors of the apostles, bishops and priests, for the world and for those who are living, because the church is the instrument of God's salvation and it rests on the apostles, the foundation of the apostles. Right. And then we invoke the martyrs, those who died for the faith, for those who have died, the commemoration of the, those who remember who have died. I love it. Sweet. The That's church, why I pray Eucharist. The church one. is the ark, man. I know. Seriously. It's the ark and yeah. That's okay. Awesome. Saint Stephen. Saint Stephen. You need anything on him? He was the Acts of the Apostles. I think most people know something about him. Which chapter? Catholic. Ooh. You don't know. <laughs> don't do that to me. Maybe chapter seven. Yeah, good. Six and seven. Really? That was an, Wow, that was a total <laughs> guess. St. Stephen, deacon and proto-martyr. Cha- you can check him out. Chapters six and seven of Acts. St. Matthias. St. Matthias. Don't ask me about him. The apostle who replaced Judas Iscariot. Oh, yeah. You can learn about that in Acts chapter 1. I always got disappointed about Matthias because it was between him and another guy named Joseph, I think, which is my name. So I was really always pulling for Joseph. And every time Matthias got chosen, I was like, ugh, Uh, maybe next year. How much time do we have left, by the way? Uh, You got like 10 minutes. You're good. (laughs) That's a lie. (laughs) St. Barnabas, the companion of St. Paul, who is often thought as almost like an apostle, styled as an apostle as St. Paul, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Then we jump. Okay, sweet. Matthias, Barnabas, Ignatius. And then we go Ignatius, Alexander, Marcellinus, Peter. Fil- right? We'll take those four right now. Ignatius of Ignatius, Antioch. Ignatius of Antioch, a bishop who was martyred during the reign of Trajan. So that would have been between the year 98 and 117 AD. If you ever have a rainy day, check out his letters, especially to the Romans. They are awesome. They he are. talks about being ground in the teeth of the lions of the Colosseum like the Eucharist, like the wheat is ground. It'd be a great podcast. Awesome. Anyway, keep going. Okay. Ignatius Alexander. Who's our, Who's Alexander? This Alexander is the Great. No, 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 not him. Kennedy, this is what I'm reading. Kennedy Alexander notes Kennedy? the difficulty. <laughs> He's a martyr uh, of those, let's see. Catholic Democrat. Fourth century. I don't uh, know anything about Alexander. It doesn't really say anything. Bishop, 
fourth century martyr under Diocletian. This is a problem. We should know about this guy if he's in the canon. If I would have done more research, I would have known. I'm sorry. You know our secrets. I don't think we know a lot about Alexander. Okay, Ignatius, Alexander, Marcellinus, and Peter. Who are Marcellinus and Peter? Marcellinus, uh, I do not know. They are two martyrs who are priests and exorcists. Really? From the early church. Interesting, huh? That is interesting. Peter is not St. Peter, obviously. I mean, like the first pope. He's no. not somebody else. Nope, different Peter. This is a this is a priest. This and is great. I'm getting to know these these guys that we pray to all the time. I know. And then we close with all the single ladies as uh, all the single ladies. Beyonce <laughs> would be lips. proud. All the single ladies. Felicity, Perpetua, Agatha, Lucy, Agnes, Cecilia, Anastasia. Right. Mm. The seven female virgin martyrs of Rome. The vir- the wise virgins. Felicity, Felicity Perpetua were they are awesome. They're my girls. Okay. They were they died in the Colosseum. Yep. Martyrs. Yep. Um, one was a slave. One was her friend. Uh, they had a pretty awesome and, and courageous death. Mm-hmm. I don't know much else about it. Neither do I. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't think on. we know a lot about it. Other than yeah, that, I don't they think were there from is our, much. They were African. Uh, remember, Northern Africa was Roman uh, at the time, but they were they were killed in. And then Agatha and Lucy were murdered together in in Sicily. Agatha. So Lucy is the big. We don't think of her just as Swedish, but also in Sicily, she's a huge deal. Well, so the Lucy in the canon is the same Lucy that's the patron saint of Sweden? Yes. Really? Yeah, oh, yeah. When was she? Was she Hold back on. in the day? I'll talk about Lucy in a second, because today's her special day. Agnes and Cecilia martyrs in Rome, Anastasia also a martyr in what is today Croatia. Oh. But let's focus on St. Lucy for just a second. Yeah. Born in the year 283. Okay. Okay. That is 1,800 years before I was born, just so you know. And she dies in the year 304, right? So she's young. St. Lucy from a wealthy, young Christian family. Now, the weird thing is she's venerated by Catholics, Anglicans, Lutherans, and Orthodox. That's unusual. That's random. Patron saint of those who are blind. Like my friend Bob from Steubenville. Have you ever had a weird experience of complimenting a woman on her eyes being a celibate man? It's really awkward. My friend, uh, there's there's a girl here who had just really striking eyes, and I was like, this is going to be really awkward if I tell her this, but they were they were just... What would she say? She was like, that's weird you said that. I All right, like, well... Yeah, that was Leslie. So, there you go. <laughs> that's an awkward <laughs> shout-out. <laughs> that was for sure will laugh at. That was awesome. St. Lucy is one of the few saints that the Lutherans are, but she's a really big deal in Sweden. Today's a huge deal. One of the seven women, as we said, who's commemorated in the canon, who was killed in the early church. Un- now, she was set up to be married to the governor of Syracuse. In Sicily, right? But she just refused, and she just said, you know, now let me live to God. That was her great line. All right. And they killed her. Yeah, she wouldn't get married to the dude because she wanted to be consecrated. And we know of her story from the 5th century in the accounts of the lives of the saints. By the 6th century, her her story was told widespread, and she appears in the sacrament of St. Gregory I. By the 8th century, she's in the canon. And I'm guessing you don't know why she's, like, important to Anglicans and Orthodox and Lutherans? I don't know why. That's It's interesting. Maybe just because she was so early on and everybody just kind of... Right, we have her relics. She was in the though. canon forever. Her relics are in Venice. She ended up in Venice. Huh. So there you go. That was a lot of nonsense with a little content. Is that all you got? You're not going to talk about Cecilia? I don't want to talk about Cecilia. Cecilia, patron saint of music. Why don't you talk about Cecilia? She Is she the <laughs> one who had her head halfway chopped off? I don't know, unfortunately. I think, oh man, I shouldn't talk about this if I'm not positive. You know what we should do? A podcast on the seven virgin martyrs of Rome. Cecilia was the one who was in the catacombs, right? There's a statue of her in the catacombs, and she's like, you, you're shaking your head, you have no idea. I have no idea. All right, I'm just going to go with this, because I'm pretty sure this is true. Okay. But she 
was had an attempted martyrdom at or she didn't attempt they attempted to kill her at the Colosseum failed in some ways and she went around Rome singing praises to the Lord before like she had her head like halfway chopped <laughs> off it sounds really bad I know that's the kind of I stuff know this that is the crazy freaks stuff freaks out non-Catholic exactly but you know what it's really cool in some ways because in the midst of her suffering and her miraculous survival of this immediate martyrdom she sang praises to the Lord and then died but she's now the patron saint of music and if you uh, I think in the our cathedral, beautiful stained. We have a beautiful glass. stained glass window right above the organ. Organ, and I think many churches do. I mean, she's kind of the saint when it comes to music. Saint Cecilia, she's Absolutely. a great one. I'm a big fan because I'm a musician and I love Saint Cecilia. So when you hear the Roman canon, we hear these young priests going through that long, boring uh, Eucharistic prayer. One, I hope you enjoy it a little more because you actually know that these people are really interesting and really beautiful. Do we have a email? Or are we out of time? No, we're not out of time. We always got more time. What for time emails. is it? Um, let's not talk about that. Let's talk about this email from um, a good friend of yours. I believe he was in your spirituality your oh, class. No. I'm sorry for reading these emails from people we know, but this was such a good email that I wanted to uh, read it on the podcast. So this is from uh, a certain Mr. Feltus, and he says, John and Joe, I love the church. I, I know the church teaches that the laity, this is about the evangelical councils, a little heads up. So I know that the church teaches that the laity lives the councils in spirit. I think in your podcast on the evangelical councils, you you talked about how all the laity right. and not just religious monks and everything, but all right. of us have a call to live poverty, chastity, obedience. So right. he says, I don't know what this means. As Christ came in the flesh, he meant for his precepts to be lived in the flesh. He talks a lot about that, but he basically says, how does a lay person live poverty? How does him as a married man with children, has a job, how do I live poverty? I'd love to hear more on this topic. Feltes, you're a good man. You already are living poverty. I know your life. You inspire me. I would say that, uh, again, the uh, those who live in the world, the lay state, are called to live the councils in spirit. So I'm not saying you need to live a material form of poverty. You know, sell your couch, don't buy diapers for your child, that kind of thing. Jack would be really upset about that, his kid. Um, but I would say that you're supposed to live it in spirit, all of the councils in spirit. But what Not, does that mean practically? What, I don't I, know I, what that's that, his question. Yeah, everybody wants practical uh, practical stuff. I don't know what that means practically. It, it essentially means how do you get your heart completely disp- dispossessed for Jesus, that so you can love him with a completely undivided heart, that you're not attached to anything, that objects don't mean anything to you into your spiritual life. I don't know what that looks like. And I, I am the last person who should be speaking about poverty. I struggle... Uh, with it immensely, and I don't, I don't understand it at all. But all I know is that in spirit, it should take some form in your life, and to the extent that you're able to live it materially, it will bear fruit in your life. But it has to be discerned. It has to be something that's really looked at. So I think that's important, though, for people to hear. Uh, this is a great answer, John. Don't give me that look. I, I think it's a great, uh, I think it's a great topic, and uh, it's something important for lay people to know because I don't, th- I think that just from my siblings and everything, and and being close to a lot of people who are married, this isn't always on the f- forefront of the mind. A lot of times they don't have to think about living poverty because sometimes it's just hard to raise a right. family, especially if you're going to be Catholic, open to life, having lots of kids, right. um, if that's what God has for you. Uh, it's hard to to live poverty more than you're already doing because you're kind of struggling to make ends meet. And that's why I'm, I'm hesitant to speak on this because if you are open to life and you're not completely giving yourself to workaholism, then you're living poverty probably more radically than I am. Right. And that's the thing. That, and I look at felt. I look at Eric Feltis' life with his wife Kate and his kid Jack Dudley, um, and I think 
you're living poverty, pal. Mm-hmm. But the spirit, the spirit needs to be lifted, the deepened. Yeah. That there's a complete po- that you embrace your own poverty in your life, and that you live out of that in a deeper way. Absolutely, I think it's a beautiful question to ask, though, for lay people. I mean, how can I? How can I? If I'm called to live this as the church, as our mother mm-hmm. and her wisdom says, this is for everybody. How am I supposed to live it? And I think the question is like, is, is this going to draw me close? Is this possession? Is this purchase of whatever? Is this do? Is this something that I need first mm-hmm. of all? Mm-hmm. And if it's not something I need, is this something that will be fruitful in my life, in my relationship with Christ, Absolutely. in my family's relationship with Christ? Absolutely. And if not, is this is this is giving up this purchase an opportunity for me to free up more of my heart for Christ? Absolutely. And it's a it's a question that challenge it should challenge all of us. Mm-hmm. I mean, because poverty is never it's never like any of us is like oh got poverty got it I yeah. got it I don't have to worry about this this exactly. is something that should always kind of be on our minds as Christians it's a great question to ask and uh, something to really discern like you said absolutely so, it's a good thing Eric Feltis you're a good man and I'm happy uh, happy you're asking that question and you're an inspiration to us so thanks for thanks for yelling well we have met our time limit of 30 minutes no great job are you serious? No, we haven't. We haven't even reached thirty minutes. Oh my gosh! Okay, the, I said twenty minutes was our limit. Okay, well I just extended it. Okay, hey, thanks for listening. <laughs> if you got to the end of this one, it's amazing. But uh, I took about a six month, uh, not sabbatical. I was in it, but now I've I've kind of hit a rhythm of priesthood, and I'm, I'll be, be more consistent with Joe and and uh, our friend Nathan Goebel. And Father Peter will be around every once in a while, but uh, we look forward to getting these out to you every week. And thanks for listening. Have a Merry Christmas. Yes. And email us again, CatholicStuffPodcast at gmail.com. Com. And like us on Facebook. That's a big deal, apparently. Please like us. Please, Please like, like us. Catholic Stuff, you should know. We need friends. <laughs> I need friends. Joe needs friends. Uh, actually, friend friend John, if you can. John Neppel at Facebook.com. Friend him. He loves it. God bless you.